On this Aircheck episode, it's part three of our four-part series with Jimmy Fink. Jimmy Fink was not only part of the beginnings of radio stations in New York City, but also a few format changes. In this session, we find out what happened in 1996 when 92.3 K-Rock changed format from classic rock to alternative rock. What Jimmy hates the most about being on the air, Jimmy also shares with us his interview with Mick Jones of Foreigner and his and his daughter's encounter with Sir Paul McCartney. Let's go. Welcome to Aircheck Season 4, a podcast about radio's personality from radio personalities, managers, consultants, owners, and your most humble hosts from Philadelphia, Rich DeSisto and Paul Kelly. I'm Rich DeSisto. And I'm Paul Kelly. Legendary New York City radio personality Jimmy Fink joins us again. Currently doing Afternoon Drive, you can hear him on 107.1 The Peak in Westchester, New York. On our previous episode, Part 204, Jimmy took us back to those formative years of his radio career and how his contemporaries welcomed him. My lifelong friend, or since that time anyway, Tony Pig, who's still my friend, was always warm and welcoming to me, and I learned so much from him. On the other hand, Dave Herman, who also worked there, looked down on me a little bit and poo-pooed the fact that I was there and didn't pay my dues. The story of the WPLJ call letters. The Mothers of Inventions version of WPLJ, White Port and Lemon Juice, was a cover. It might have been Dave Herman. I know he took credit for suggesting (laughs) those as the call letters. I had heard later that really WPLJ was meant to be the call letters in one of the other ABC-owned stations. Those legendary PLJ DJs he was fortunate to work with. We were all freeform, and some of the disc jockeys were a little out there. There was one disc jockey's name was Mike Turner. I I loved all these people. I I, I mean, I know I said some things about Dave Herman, but I I mean, Dave and I were friends also. It it wasn't always an adversarial relationship. And the PLJ format change in the early 80s. I can't say, you know, that there was any one thing. I think it was the way music changed that eventually led PLJ to change and go more in the pop vein after being an album rock station for 13 years. Plus his conversation with Graham Nash and his elevator encounter with John Lennon and Yoko Ono. John and Yoko downstairs, could you go down and get him? So this is another situation where I met people by the elevator. Wow. Here he is again, Jimmy Fink. Like the 80s, the 90s music scene was changing, too. Modern rock or alternative became the new thing. Everybody was trying to ride that train. Z100 starting adding that type of music to their menu. The classical station in New York, WNCN, flipped to a hard rock format as Q104.3, and then later switched to classic rock. WNEW switched to modern rock by the summer of 95, and then it morphed into a more adult-based version, really opening up the door for a true modern rock station in New York City. And I guess K-Rock dove in head first. Yeah, when uh, when when music changed in the late 1990s and uh, the people at K-Rock thought that they can't keep playing classic rock, so to speak, and there was new music coming in, the Pearl Jams and Green Days of the world, they decided to change direction. Hey, look how excited everyone is, Robin, that I'm a DJ now. I know, everybody's in here watching me. <laughs> everyone's watching me kick this thing off. I'm Snatch, Super Snatch. Tom Chiasano is here, and he's mm-hmm. all excited. All right, Robin. Yes. My name is... Momentous occasion. Hi, everybody. I'm Super Snatch. <laughs> D-bag. And, uh... T-bag. D-bag. Oh, D-bag. That could be... That's a great name. Douchebaggy bag. <laughs> you know what? You could be Super Snatch, and I'm going to be Douchebaggy bag. All right? <laughs> I can be Super Snatch. All right. I'll give you my name for the day. 
All right. Hey, I'm Douchebaggy Bag. This is Super Snatch. And we're here. We're with you. And we just want to welcome you to the new 92.3 K-Rock. Got a little tune for you. <laughs> All right. I'm going to kick off my new format with... Yeah. What is the first song of the new format? Uh, Marilyn Manson. Sweet dreams are made of these. All right. This tune was a remake. Oh, do we talk over the music? No, we don't. Yeah, we can't. We don't know what we do. The new sound of 92.3 K-Rock. And in retrospect, K-Rock could still be what Q104 is now if they didn't do that. But they did do it and didn't last that long doing it. And 92.3 has been through several formats since then. Way to go, Mel. <laughs> You were talking about the business side of radio and its relation to format changes. As a listener, it's a challenge not to get attached to your favorite station or your favorite radio personality. You mentioned it's your love of the music that mm -hmm. keeps you on the radio. The listener's love for the music is top priority too, right? And, and during those format changes in the mid-90s, the New York rock listener who were Grateful Dead fans, they had no friend on the air or a radio station. When Jerry Garcia passed away in August of 1995, nobody was playing the dead. Yeah, and now here in, in, uh, in 2022, and rock stars are dying off every day. One of the things that I hate is, is being on the air when, when somebody dies. I, I, I was to tell Chris Herman, you know, when Paul McCartney passes away, I like want to be on vacation. I don't, I don't want to be here. Uh, I also, you know, do a show on my uh, current station, which is the after six section of my program, where it's totally free form. I'm on the air from three to seven, Monday through Friday, but between six and seven, there's no format. I just do whatever I want and usually go off on a theme or celebrate someone's birthday. And when someone dies, I never want to do that. I never want the show to turn into the death show, especially now, because people are dying all the time. Um, uh, and, and sometimes people criticize me for that and say, well, why didn't you do your tribute to Meatloaf, you know, when he passed away a few weeks ago? Because I don't want to be the death channel, <laughs> you know, that when somebody dies, that's when you play his music. But you didn't play it so much, uh, you know, for the past five years. But all of a sudden when they die, that's when you're going to play it. You know, that doesn't make sense to me. So I'm happy to play something when Meatloaf's birthday comes around, even though he's not here to celebrate it. I'm happy to celebrate his music then, but I don't want to celebrate Every time somebody dies, don't like it. We're not the funeral home of rock and roll. Exactly. <laughs> well said, Paul. Yeah. You know, you can tune into the Death Channel and you can hear everybody who's dead. Uh, you were talking about sticks earlier and how some listeners, oh, how do you like sticks? And well, mm -hmm. it had a rock sound to it. Farner may have fallen into that same category with some listeners in the mid to late 70s who had grown up on Allman Brothers and traffic. And all of a sudden, these quote-unquote corporate bands come along but foreigner man what yeah. a band and and you got to talk with mick jones along the way right yeah i did i've talked to him a few times and um uh it, it, it's amazing that i don't know about three or four years ago i went to see foreigner up here at the capitol theater in portchester you know they have a new lead singer now kelly hansen who's just great oh yeah um i mean i say new he's he's been the lead singer for 10 years you know mm -hmm. for foreigner for the past 10 years so he's not exactly new but he's not the lou graham of old foreigner but uh, a couple of times i was with foreigner one time was at their manager's office his name is bud prager i was interviewing them for this uh, program called super groups in concert i did that with foreigner and the allman brothers and 
few other bands. We first met each other back in um, the late 70s at, at Bud Prager's office. And uh, uh-huh. the whole I was working for PLJ and ABC at the time, and I think we were doing a show called Super Groups in Concert. We did a nice interview there with you and the whole band, the whole the ori- yeah. original foreigner. And then we stepped out the window in Bud Prager's office, out onto a landing that he had mm-hmm. there, and just took the greatest picture, man, of, of me with the band. I felt like I was part of Foreigner. To me, that... <laughs> To me, that picture looks like an album cover. You know, it's just it's, it was such a thrill That's for me. Wild. I'm I'm dressed properly for it, and and it's just great. And then a few days after that, I was in a restaurant and uh, with my wife, and uh, Mick Jones came in with his wife and three little kids. And the kids were just rowdy and just out of control. And this is why I just love you, man, and I have so much respect for you. We were at a restaurant. My wife and I were at a restaurant somewhere on the Upper West Side. We were eating there, and you were there with your, with your wife at the time and your three kids, your three little kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. the, the kids were just a little bit unruly. Let's put it that way. They were just... Oh, they, they were? They were kind of wild. And uh, <laughs> eventually, you, you guys left the restaurant. But then, like about 10 minutes later, you came back to the restaurant and came over to our table to apologize for your kids' behavior. And I just really? thought, I thought that was just like so like just amazing because <laughs> I don't I don't know I just I, I love you for that just absolutely oh, love you for that that's kind of, that's cool thank you man thanks and then my daughter Lucy she's a internet influencer I guess you might call it she's a very successful influencer on uh, Instagram and YouTube and uh, she also did a thing with Farner and took a picture similar to mine and I when I knew she was going to do that I had her bring my picture. <laughs> with it, with her, to show it to Mick, and and, and she did the same things. Yeah, <laughs> so perfect. So you got you got the matching set. I do, I do. Mick Jones, a good guy. Uh, he's got some health issues now, and foreigners playing without him these days. Air Check, a podcast about radio's personality from radio personalities. You're listening to season four. Catch up with seasons one, two, and three. Available now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also tell your smart speaker to play Air Check Podcast. Jimmy, as, as a kid, take us back to those days when the radio bug bit you. Well, when many people, when many boys, teenage boys used to go to sleep, they might have taken the Playboy magazine under the cover with a flashlight. Pictures uh, of Lily. Exactly. <laughs> but I took my old transistor radio under the covers instead. And I was listening to WOWO in Fort Wayne, Indiana. W-O-W-O. Whoa, whoa, it was called. And uh, WKBW in Buffalo, New York. 1520 on your dial is the right spot. For music and news, it's the bright spot. It's WKBW. They were both great top 40 stations. I used to love in New York City, B. Mitchell Reed who was on uh, WMCA. Hey, Scooters, it's your leader, BMR, on WMCA, jumping in with my hat in my hand with a nuttiest show on the entire New York turf, read reacted to the Smashbacks, or on the Good Guys survey, or headed that way. This hour, the name of the winner of the Music uh, Contest. Uh, First and, uh, of course, all of the WMCA Good Guys, some of which who also went on to work for WABC, and it was absolutely thrilling when I was at ABC-FM and PLJ and around the corner for me. 
on the air at the same time would be Dan Ingram and Bruce Morrow and Ron Lundy. I, it was a thrill, and I, and I loved them all. Rapid fire again here, Jimmy. Uh, we heard your encounter with John Lennon earlier. How about Paul McCartney? Paul McCartney, I've met a few times, but the most memorable time when I met him was there was a sound check at Madison Square Garden and several press people were invited to attend. And at the end of the sound check, <coughs> one of the McCartney aides came out and said, OK, so who was it who was supposed to interview Paul McCartney? And I didn't have any plans to interview Paul McCartney at the time. And I sort of looked around and nobody was answering. So I raised my hand. Good for you. Uh, yeah. Good for I'm you. the guy. That's, that's it. <laughs> so we went into a green room at Madison Square Garden, sat down on a couch, me and Paul. Unfortunately, it's not one of my best interviews because I'm usually very well prepared for an interview and certainly was not prepared for a McCartney interview. So yeah, it wasn't one of my best interviews because, and also I couldn't concentrate because this is Paul McCartney sitting next to the couch to you and you're looking at his fingernails and his shoes and you can ask him a question, but you can't focus on what he's answering. And it's just, you know, somebody meeting Paul and meeting John Lennon was just like over the top for me. Yeah. Even though I met him, it wasn't a great interview. And like the first thing I said to him was something like, uh, so how's life been for Paul McCartney so far? Paul like looked at me and looked at his <laughs> aid guy and said, what, the, what kind of interview is this? You know, so it was not, not that thrilling. But one interesting thing is a few years ago, my daughter, again, Lucy, my daughter, Lucy was uh, at a restaurant in the Hamptons and Paul was sitting there with his wife, Nancy, his current wife, Nancy. And Nancy is a friend of a friend of ours. And Lucy went up to the table where they were sitting and like practically paid no attention to Paul and said to her, <laughs> aren't you Nancy? You know, my friend, Debbie, Debbie's friend. And they started chatting. And after a while, Nancy would say, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, they chatted and said, this is my husband, Paul. And Lucy <laughs> says to him, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I, I know who you are. My dad has a picture with you. You know, sitting uh, backstage at Madison Square Garden. And he says, well, who's your dad? Jimmy Fink. And she, Paul pretended like he knew me. Oh, yeah, 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 Jimmy. Yeah, said, tell him I said hi. It was just great. Yeah, that was that was the guy that didn't offer me a stick of gum. Yeah. He thought he would have learned after John Lennon. Yeah, really, really. This is Paul McCartney, and you're listening to Jimmy Fink on New York's Grooviest Station. There's more Jimmy Fink ahead in part four. On our next episode, Jimmy takes us into the studio during the WPLJ reunion show. He also reveals some funny moments during interviews with Elton John, Frank Zappa, and ZZ Top. We also find out what the late drummer Neil Peart had to say when Jimmy asked him about being famous. Jimmy talks about his current radio show on 107.1 The Peak in Westchester, New York. And we find out one of Jimmy's most remarkable moments of his career. Remember, you can follow us, stream, and download every episode of Air Check on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also tell your smart speaker to play Air Check Podcast. If you haven't done so, give us a great rating. We'd also love to hear from you on our Facebook page, Air Check Me. I'm Rich DeSisto. And I'm Paul Kelly. We'll talk to you soon. Closing out another episode of Air Check, a podcast about radio's personality from radio personalities. If you have radio stories to share, we'd love to hear from you. Join the Air Check guest list 
Email aircheckme at gmail.com. Musical props are Chris Gordon's. Announcer props, I'll take those. Greg O'Brien, the OB. Aircheck is available now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also tell your smart speaker to play Aircheck Podcast. Aircheck is the creation of RDPK Productions.